there's one constant in life. It's that change is inevitable. So we're going to talk about it this morning and really get some stability during the winds of change as we talk with Pastor Ed Heading from Pleasant View Baptist Church. And good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. It's nice to have you here. And boy, lots of things happening in our world, aren't there? And in our lives, too. Yes. And how fast. They occur. That's what people tell me. It just happens so quick. They can't almost process all the changes that are going on. And in fact, I've had several people in our church share with me their concern that everything in the world and in their personal lives is, and in the church itself is changing. And they're unnerved by how mm-hmm. fast things are moving away from the stability they once knew. And think about mm-hmm. our, our lifestyle. You know, you go mm-hmm. through changes as you uh, baby to an infant to a toddler to, you know, child, adolescent, all the way up through adulthood, and then supposedly the golden years, right? And things change at each stage of our life, mm-hmm. and um, it all comes with challenges. And we think of technology. I think that's one of the things that changes so fast. It's hard for people to embrace the changes, and so some of them avoid them, avoid the changes. I know some people in my church still don't have a computer uh, because they just don't want to get involved with it. But some of the technological changes are good and some are not so good. But these changes technologically affect the way we work, the way we drive, how we receive information, how we transact business, and how we communicate. And even the world's morals are evolving more and more away from the Judeo-Christian morals our world was founded upon, our nation was founded upon. And I just think about George Washington in his farewell address and John Adams as well said that our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our way of living in America is predicated upon having a religious people who bring good morals to society. And if the morals of our society decline, then our country will cease to exist. And it's rare in history for a country or its government to last longer than 200 years. And we've been blessed for so long in this country, but unless God brings revival to our churches and our nation, which I continue to pray for uh, as we face the days ahead, then, you know, we're going to be facing some very difficult times. Mm -hmm. So while we have to realize and accept change, we can't despair over it, but somehow embrace it, adapt to it, and find Mm -hmm. stability in Christ through the winds of change. Uh, When I went to Christian college this the college was about five years old when I was a freshman. In our chapel service, our then president would often say the most consistent thing about change is change. And he would bring that up because buildings were going up and we'd have to change schedules and things like that. And I think that's true about the world that we live in today. So I want to look at four principles we can stand on to stay strong and stable as things fluctuate in our world. Number one, we have to come to the place mentally and in our heart that change is inevitable and let the feelings follow. Uh, We can't stick our head in the sand. Change is coming our way. It's inevitable. But not to be a negative person, but a realist, we need to be reminded that the way life is, we're either coming out of a storm, we're either going into a storm, or we see a new storm on the horizon. And remember that there have only been 268 years out of 3,400 years of recorded history without war. So that's just amazing. That's incredible. That's 8% of all recorded history. Mm -hmm. But in Job 14.1, Job said, Man who is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. And I can uh, remember my 
pastor saying uh, when he was in the 60s, I can do anything I could do at 18 for one minute, right? And then <laughs> we, we go through changes in our life that we can't do things we used to do. Mm. And people come and go throughout our lives, friends in high school and college and in life. And life is made up of seasons and chapters. God closes one door and opens another one. So we, we, would, we need to be willing to accept mentally and in our heart that change is inevitable whether we like it or not. Second of all, uh, we must embrace change because God is in the transformation business. Deb, maybe read that short verse in Psalm thirty-one, fifteen. My times are in your hand. Yeah, I remember reading a Chuck Swindoll devotional, and he quoted this verse, and he shared the story about Dawson Trotman. He was the founder of Navigators, and he was in uh, New York near Scroon Lake, and he was at a child's birthday party of a friend of his, and the child got into the water, and Dawson Trotman wasn't a swimmer, but he dove into the water, and he made sure that the child's head was above the water, but he drowned because of it. And as they were pulling his body to shore and informing his wife that he had died, this was the verse that came to her mind first mm. to respond to the instant dramatic change instantly in her life. My times are in your hand, Lord. And we think of the process of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, metamorphosis it is called. And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, all the verbs here are in the present tense except for one. But the other one, the one that's not, is past action of salvation with a lasting effect for eternity. So is is implied but not written in the Greek, is becoming. You know, we are becoming mm. new creations. Mm. The old past a, terror, a past action with consequences going forward, and then behold, active command, it is happening and has come, is coming to pass. So we are becoming new creations, and because of what Jesus did on the cross and rose again and given us the Holy Spirit, we are becoming new creations and the old is passing away. So God is busy daily conforming us to Christ, which is his goal. And our daily ultimate goal is to do all we can to glorify him by how we live, what we say, and no matter the circumstances we encounter. Deb, would you read Romans eight twenty nine and 30? For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. Yeah, I love those verses. Mm -hmm. And it's just so simple, down to earth, that we are being shaped into the image of his son through our personality, through um, our inner being, uh, through the Holy Spirit. And our security amid change is who we are in Christ mm -hmm. and remembering that change comes our way to shape us and conform us to be like him. Romans 5 says that suffering builds character and hope in our life. Um, God disciplines us in loving ways. Um, Hebrews 12, 11 says, For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, change releases more of God's grace in our lives as we adapt and adjust to change. 
Uh, would you read John one sixteen there? Sure. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. And two verses before that talks about, we just went through the Christmas season, it talks about how Jesus came to dwell among us, and he is the balance of grace and truth, as it says at the end of that verse. And then it goes on, he's two verses later, for from his fullness we've received this grace upon grace. And the picture there is of an ocean where you're standing on the seashore and you're seeing wave upon wave upon wave come in and wrap around your feet. And these are this is the picture in this verse of waves of grace, one after the other, coming upon our lives, even as change occurs. And I like what a fellow classmate of mine said in a recent blog post. He said, Taylor made grace for everything you face. Oh, that's good. I believe God uh, knows exactly what we need at what time, and he has the grace to give it to us so we can uh, be faithful to do what he wants us to do through those difficult or changing times. And thirdly, we must learn to trust God, who is the anchor of our soul when uncertainty prevails all around us. And in Hebrews uh, 6.19, it says, We have this as a sure and a steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. And Job 121, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So remember that we're not of our own, but we have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And I love what Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So it's not I, but Christ that's living through us. We are merely stewards of the blessings and grace that God has given to us. Our possessions, our spiritual gifts, everything else, we we hold these material things loosely, and we think about the change that goes on in our country, changes in our culture, changes at our work, changes in our home, kids going off to college, a marriage, a divorce, changes at our church. They're unnerving at times. We don't like the changes, but we need to learn to be flexible because flexibility is important. And sometimes it's lowering our expectations as necessary. Think about flexibility. One of the gifts I got for Christmas was a little socket wrench that can go on your drill. And what I like about it is it, it adjusts to many different sizes of the nuts oh, that you would do. Great. And that's kind of like we have to be flexible. We have to be adaptable to our situations. And then our last principle on how to find stability during the winds of change. We have to get along with God and make sure all is well with our soul. So, Deb, would you mind reading these few verses here in Second Kings 4? Sure. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with your child? And she answered, All is well. And when she came to the mountain to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet, and Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Yeah, and a little bit of the background there is Elisha's the prophet there in this uh, scenario, and Elisha had come to town, met the Shunammite woman, 
uh, asked if they would uh, allow him to have a place up in their attic when he came to town to do ministry. In return, he promised her, the Shunammite woman who was barren, a son. And she was privileged to have that son born. And at a young age, she got sick out in the field. His husband, Her husband brought him home, and he passed away. And so now she's coming to seek out Elisha for help. And I think what's really interesting is in uh, verse 26, she answered the Gehazi servant, all is well. Even though it wasn't completely well, she knew who could provide the answers and the peace and to solve the issues that she was dealing with in her emotions by going to Elisha the prophet. You and I, we need to go to the Father. We need to have a place where we can get alone with him and to be able to work through the issues in our life so we can say all is well with the change that's going on around us. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. And in Psalm 32.7, it says, You, God, are my hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. And I love that scene in the movie uh, War Room where the, the, the prayer warrior has a closet where she goes and gets alone with God and has the walls filled with prayer requests. Yes. Do we have a hiding place where we go and get alone with God when the changes all around us are overwhelming? Is Jesus your anchor, your source of emotional strength when your world has gone crazy? Lean into him. Go to him. Find that hiding place and pray until all is well in your heart and in your spirit. That is so good. Such a reminder where to turn to when all around us is changing. He's a heavenly father. He wants to be there. He's the anchor of our souls. He's the anchor of our souls. Ed, thank you so much. You're welcome.